0: Now, we were chatting on yesterday's show about Limerick getting a directly elected mayor with Minister Kieran O'Donnell. The election period for the position will coincide with the local and European elections next year. So it's next June, round about that time, and the mayor is going to have increased powers and a budget to enact their mandate tell us a little bit more about what this is going to look like. We have two people who were pretty much at the front of the campaign to get the position in place in the first place. John Moran, uh, chair of Livable Limerick, and also Stephen Kinsella, who is professor of economics at the University of Limerick. Good morning to both of you. You're very welcome to the studio, John, Great first of here. all. And we've t- we've Stephen on the line. Good morning, Stephen.
1: Good morning.
0: Okay, I'll start with yourself, John, first of all. Um, Kieran O'Donnell was saying that the the cabinet's approved the legislation, and that first of all is a great plus.
2: Yeah, no, look, I mean, I think we've been five years almost trying to get this for Limerick, and it's putting Limerick at the forefront of really important local government reform um, in Ireland. So this is, I mean. Now, there's this concept of putting decisions close to the people that they affect and the reason I was so passionate about fighting for this is Ireland is one of the most centralised governments in, 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 the, in the European Union to be honest. I mean all decisions are made in Dublin all money is dispersed by people who make decisions in Dublin and when you look at it from Limerick that shouldn't be happening and this is why it was so important for us to fight this We got it, we won the, the hardest part of the battle which was get the people of Limerick to say we want change and now this is finally it's taken four and a half slow years um i don't think it should have taken as long but it has but now kieran o'donnell's on 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 charge of pushing this forward and has made this sort of momentous step forward really to get us this and it just creates a totally different way for Limerick to operate the future i mean we're all used to we do this great in limerick about giving out about you know things in limerick we love limerick we're proud of it but we still give out we give out about government in Ireland a lot. But now it's a chance for us all to shape what government in Limerick will actually look like.
0: Stephen, um, the campaign since, I suppose, since we voted in favour of this, uh, the the commentary on, the, on it has largely been about, uh, you know, will this new mayor have the powers that are necessary? Um, what are your concerns, if any?
1: Well, there's sort of three three main concerns. The, the first concern is that um, the, if you like, the executive power of the mayor is in some sense limited. So right now the mayor is kind of a figurehead. They show up and they, they cut a ribbon and, and kiss a baby. And that's fine. You know, there is a ceremonial part to the role. But this is a very different kind of um, uh, uh Position because this person, in addition to doing all the ceremonial stuff and being sort of the the, the you know the, the the person to welcome the team home uh, when they win the oil Ireland and all that stuff, what they actually also have to do is be responsible for the potholes. Um, and and it's important, and this is why what, what uh, this is the sort of the business end of what John was just saying. When you have a situation where you can stare at somebody and say, "Hi Jane, hi Bob, I need this thing fixed. I need the cycle lane moved. I need X. I need Y. I need Z." That that it the fact that you can you can spot this person wandering around uh, in in Limerick and they're responsible just for Limerick is very very powerful. It's a creative of democracy. It's a good thing. But the other kind of two other major pro- problems or or things I'll be looking for they're not necessarily a problem, Is um, the actual scope of the powers that this person has and the actual size of the budget that they have because if if the you know this person is going to have a small staff they're going to their 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 functions are going to be quite uh, uh quite well defined but not utterly defined within the law and then if they're if they're not able to do Things if they're not able to actually have a budget to enact their mandates, it's not really worth much, it's just a uh, you know, a sort of a more over overpaid lobbyist kind of well, person. So, well, Minister the
0: Donald mentioned he mentioned a budget of 8.25 million.
1: 8.25 million, so to put that in uh to put that in context, um, uh, that's a that's about that's about uh what is spent in an afternoon in an afternoon in a hospital in. In,
0: um, in
2: Ireland. Okay, well, John, so that's, that's not... Go ahead, Keira, Sorry, please. There, start. No, I was please. going to say that, look, there was a really important report done by the All-Party Diro- Orochters Committee and they followed on another report that had happened here in Limerick, led by Tim O'Connor, where there was mm-hmm. a really good consultation and some great recommendations mm-hmm. made. So, in some ways, when I see the legislation next week, I'm hoping that all of those recommendations be made, because everyone agrees that they're what to do. And I was a bit surprised, but maybe Kieran just didn't talk about the other half of it. I mean, you know, that was recommended two, what they call block grants. They're like money given to Limerick from central government to run Limerick. And one of them was this eight and a half million or so, which is really just like operating expenses. As Stephen says, it's a tiny amount of money. The really important move and recommendation was that there'd be money given to Limerick for capital projects, for infrastructure, to spend on crashes, to spend on, you know, roads, parks. Are really important and housing, right? And that was the recommendation accepted by the Aractus Committee was that that should be about two hundred percent of the budget of Limerick. So if you think about that, that should be about five or six hundred million given to the new mayor when he's elected with a manifesto, and she's elected, she picks a manifesto that she wants to deliver for the city of Limerick, and then they have five or six hundred million to spend. It has to be spent properly, and government should be able to control that. But it means they can pick the priorities with the councillors that they want to spend.
0: That sounds like Stephen. It could be a political landmine in the sense that if they're giving five hundred million to Limerick for those projects, well, they've got to take it out of some other budgets. Uh, Sorry, they don't need to. No, because these this
2: money is sort of spent in Limerick anyway in an annual basis, but it's the Department of Transport spends a little bit, the Department of Education spends a little bit, and the decisions about what to spend it on are in Dublin. So the idea is you collect all of the money, and that's broadly the amount of money, that's spent sort of already in Limerick, but you let Limerick people decide how they want to spend it, what priorities they want, and that's what I mean by putting the decisions closer to the people. That's why this is such a radical reform of government.
0: Stephen, will the new mayor need a budget like that, around the £500
2: Yeah, I
1: think so. I mean, I think, to John's point, there are, this is about what's spent anyway, right? So it's not going to be a massive increase. The the much more important, um, um, like, like a a way of thinking about this is the Irish Strategic Investment Fund, which is a a kind of a a, a savings account, effectively, that the government um, it has a fund of about 250 million euros for each individual city in in, in Ireland, right? So it's not like, like like 500 million sounds like a lot. When, when you think that just on the health budget, we spend 23 billion, right? Just for health, we spend that as a state. So it's 500 million, it's, it's a lot of money, yes, but it's not a lot of money relative to what the government spends. The government's going to spend over 110 billion this year on all the services. What What we should really think about is what is the scale of the funds available to this, to this person and what is their mandate for dispersing it? Because ultimately, if they have to go to Dublin to get a cycle lane moved and the National Transport Authority or bus or, or or CIE or whoever turns around and says, sorry, we decided no. That's, if you like, a, a real curta- curtailment of what the people actually voted for. What they voted for was somebody who could move this cycle lane, you know. And I'm using a deliberately innocuous example mm. to give people oh, a sense I of. I don't know that that's an innocuous. I,
0: I, I'm very familiar <laughs> with the Limerick Today well, program and what our texters say. And cycle lanes are are considered extremely contentious. Well, and let, well, let, me give, let me give a different
2: example, right, Stephen? Like, if I can, like, so say for example, because it's slightly less contentious. Say for example that the people in Croom and, and and Adair are saying they haven't got public transport that's enough and the and bus Aaron is saying well we don't have the money to actually provide another bus to give more regular frequency the idea is that the this new office of this mayor can decide that's a real priority for us here in Limerick and we're prepared to move some of the funds away maybe from fixing a road or doing something else that was going to be done to provide that this year so that it can be done for the people of Croom. And that's why it's important, because yeah. it's the ability to change the way Limerick works.
0: Out. That that all sounds slightly utopian. I, I'm just envisaging a possibility, Stephen, maybe of a, ca- a candidate running on a campaign of, I'm going to get rid of all cycle lanes in Limerick be, um, so that motorists can get to work without being bothered by cycle lanes. And potentially, that person could get in because motorists are often frustrated by them and there's probably more motorists than there are cyclists and then we have a situation where we have a city that is completely different from all the other cities in, in um, around the country and goes against national policy
1: Fair but that, that is also the democratic will of the, the people who came out and voted um, and I think that is often a very powerful thing we've seen in Spain uh, uh, this weekend everyone assumed that Spain would lurch to the right they didn't um, you know, I think I think on average uh, uh, most Irish people are very sensible. On average, most Limerick people are very sensible. So I I think you know you will achieve a balanced policy if you have somebody running on an extreme platform in Ireland. They tend to not do very well because that's just not how our system works. So I think I think on on average uh, I think it, it's it's quite the opposite uh, worry that I would have. Uh, that somebody runs and they, they somebody runs and rather than saying here's what I'm not for. They say, I'm for everything. I'm from all the things. And they actually stand for nothing because they're either a celebrity candidate or they're somebody who, who just kind of wants the job to look cool or whatever, but they don't actually have any executive responsibility. They don't know how to run things. And, and that's a big, big problem because this is... A, a job that has a lot of executive function to it, like you're not just cut ribbons, you are actually responsible for the cycle lanes and where the parks are placed, and all this kind of stuff and if you're not actually in a situation where you can run these things and work with diverse sets of uh people like you you have to deal with the motorists and the people who want cycle lanes all the time that's part of the job is squaring those two things off if you're not in a situation where where you want that part you want that kind of kind of authority and you just want the shiny stuff, then, you know, the, the people of Limerick will not be well served.
0: OK, and, well, John, Stephen mentioned celebrity candidate. I mean, that is something that a lot of people talk about. Usher. Oh, sure. You know, I mean, we've already heard that, you know, John Kylie runs for it, he'll, he'll skate in. Um, that Somebody else suggested that a comedian might run for it. Um, we could have our own Vla- Vladimir Zelensky as mayor of Limerick. Have you any concerns about the types of candidates that will run? And do we know that there will be good Uh, capable candidates that will run. Yeah, I mean, a bit like
2: with Stephen. I mean, I trust democracy and I trust the people of Limerick. So I think they will actually, if this is run well as a campaign, um, in the sense of the way the government set this up, and and I come back to the date of the election, because I think that's an important point on this, you know, then the people of Limerick will make a good choice. I mean, I have no doubt about that. And if they make a bad choice once, there is actually a mechanism for... The council to control the mayor as well so there is a lot of checks and balances
0: but, but we need but, to have the choice in the first place so to, and this is being the first time it is difficult to know who's going to stand R- would you run
2: yourself for example well, look i mean i said yesterday like i'm not ruling it out i'm not ruling it in i mean i have a lot of issues i've been dealing with in the last mm-hmm. year and of like that, so you know, i would have to think about whether this is the right time for me even if i'm the right person but what i'd love to see is who else would like to run because if there's some great candidates out there They can fire ahead and I'll be happily voting. And like Stephen says, I'll be voting for somebody who can bring all of Limerick together, somebody who can actually run a budget like this. And that's why I go back to this budget point, because it's really important that the government not try and hide behind this. I mean, if you give a mayor a budget of five or six hundred million, which is what's about the right number, then the debate is how will each candidate spend that Nobody can come in credibly and promise things that are going to cost three or four billions and we're building a new hospital and we're doing all of this because we know the budget is 500 million. It's much easier if you sort of say, all the money is still up in Dublin, there's wads of cash up there, and I'll be the best person to go and get five billion for Limerick, right? So it becomes an, a totally unrealistic debate. And that's why in other countries, they are very good about you know, measuring these things, letting it be displayed. And I go back to this point about the election. So so one of my concerns about the day of the election, well first of all, we can't have it after June twenty twenty-four. We've waited for five years for this. It's just not fair for Dublin to get to go ahead of us now while we've been fighting for this for five years. But but at the same time, having the election on the same day as the local elections means it's going to be very hard for us to allow the candidates to really be tested, to explain what they want to do, to debate amongst themselves. And when I look at how this happens in France, and you know I spent quite a lot of time there, they've been doing this for decades at presidential level. They have the president's election about two months before they pick the councillors or the legislation or the parliament. And that allows the, the, the French population to decide what they want as their priorities for the next five years, and it moves forward and there's a proper debate. And I really would still recommend the government move this election forward. I think Kieran said yesterday, Oh, it might cost four hundred thousand to do that. That's an insult to Limerick to not spend four hundred thousand on the most important job that has to be filled in Limerick in the next, you know, um, for five years and beyond. And getting this right is really important first time round.
0: Yeah, Stephen, they seem to have very much settled on holding the elections together. What do you think about that?
1: I think it's a mistake. Like like John said, um, you know, this is a very different kind of election. It's the first one in the history of the state. Um, a lot of people are going to have to have this thing explained to them. It's going to it's going to have to be a public information campaign. It does actually make sense to have it uh, two months beforehand, like four hundred grand. Like it, like you know, it sounds like a lot of money in the context of a hundred and ten billion. It's not. Um, the the other thing I, I'd sort of talk about is we know uh, here's what I, here's what I don't want it to look like. I don't want it to look like a presidential election in Ireland where you know it's sort of it becomes incredibly personalized because there's no power in the job right so it becomes it comes down to a personality competition um they based- Based on, and, uh, based on really vicious kind of uh, insult-based arguments. I'd much rather it was a general election where people were going, you know, here are my priorities. You know, I'm pro-cycle lane, I'm anti-cycle lane. I like this, I like that, I want, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'd much rather it, w- it, w- it was closer to a general election because the, the entire point of a direct elected mayor is that it is somebody whose choices should matter because they because they have a mandate from the from from the people of Limerick like that's the entire point of this like if the person's choices don't matter because they don't have powers and they don't have a budget then effectively what we've done is stapled. A very highly paid lobbyist and some and some cronies onto an existing system, which 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 is not fundamentally what people voted for, and it would be deeply deeply corrosive to our democracy because it would mean that cynics um, who 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 have said, look, this is just how it's going to work. Official Ireland will nobble it. It won't. It won't pass. It won't be powerful enough, etc. They will have won. You know, and I think I think that that if anything, this is a chance to uh, show the cynics that um, that the, that democratic change is entirely possible.
0: We have to leave it there for this morning, Stephen. But I did ask John this, so it's only fair to ask you as well. Would you consider running?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Short and sweet. Uh, John Moran, Chair of Liverpool Limerick. Thanks for joining us in the studio in Limerick today uh, this morning, and also to Professor of Economics at University of Limerick, Stephen Kinsler.